Welcome to the Switch Leader Podcast, where we decide today the leader we will be tomorrow. Hey, friends, welcome back to the Switch Leader Podcast. My name is Josh Baldwin. I'll be your host today, and I'm here with my friend, Caitlin Caffrey. Caitlin, how are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm also wonderful, and I bet everybody listening is feeling more wonderful because you are here, you know, uh-huh. for a couple That's reasons. So one, be- Yeah, but one, because you're you, and second, because you're not James, you know? Oh, so like, my gosh. Don't you think that... Anyway, I know you work so closely with him. You can't say anything about that. Like you can't, you should probably just be quiet and not respond. It's fine. This man is my leader. He writes my performance yeah. reviews. Right. I plead the fifth. Totally the understand. Jesus. <laughs> totally understand. But is it good that you plead the fifth and not plead his case? Okay, I'm sorry. Let's move on. Anyways. Oh um, my gosh. So... Here's my dissertation. <laughs> New plan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, so we are in week two of a three-week series that we're doing called Tips and Tricks for Leading a Great Small Group. As I said last week, James Meehan and Caitlin Caffrey will be kind of taking us through this content. James is a middle school boys small group leader. Caitlin is a high school girls small group leader. And so we get great perspective here because not only do they create content for Switch, not only is that their day job, but they also both are investing in small groups and hearing what matters to students and really facing a lot of the challenges that many of you listening face. And so they're able to take, I think, both of those experiences and combine them and bring some really good content and just experience to the table. And so hopefully Mm -hmm. you walk away from this podcast feeling a little bit more equipped to handle some of the things that maybe you weren't totally sure on how to handle. But in general, hopefully you walk away just feeling like you're a more prepared and better small group leader, more equipped Mm. to lead students in a direction or in a place that they should be going. Last week, James gave us three things to focus on. He said, number one, develop a strategy. We have to have a plan, right? So if you don't have a plan on where you're going, you don't know where you'll end up. And so you have to make sure that you have a plan, make sure you have a strategy If you haven't been a switch leader or a small group leader for long, it's easy to just kind of try to survive, right? And and, and Mm -hmm. then you don't have a strategy. If you've been one for a really long time, it's easy to get comfortable and think you don't need one. But at the Mm -hmm. end of the day, regardless of how long you've done something, a strategy is important because setting goals, having a direction, having strategy is how we end up somewhere on purpose. And so number one, develop a strategy. Number two is you're going to learn to pivot because hello... This is youth ministry. Learn to pivot because we never know what's going to happen next. In years past, we would say that the culture of youth ministry changed about every three years. Now we say it changes about every six months. So it's constantly changing. Things are constantly changing. And with culture, the way that we best connect with students is changing. But not only that, on any given night, you don't know what kid's going to show up. And by that, I mean, is it going to be the version of them that's a little bit more laid back? Or is it going to be the version of them that is so amped up because they drank a monster right before they got there? And so you have to learn to pivot based on what comes up and what happens in your small group. So it's good to have a plan. You have to have a strategy, but you should also be prepared to pivot. And then number three, he said, remember the why. And so this one seems pretty simple, but sometimes we can forget the why. We get so caught up in the how or the what that we forget the why. And so I'm going to remind you, the why is that there is a generation of teenagers who are growing up in a broken world and they need adults who are Christ followers to show them the example of Jesus. 
Jesus yeah. isn't walking the earth anymore. He's still here and lives among us, and he lives in our hearts and our lives, but he is not physically walking the earth as he did one day. And that is now your job and my job to be an example to this generation. And so if we're not doing that, what are we doing? So you're mm. going to develop a strategy, you're going to learn to pivot, and you are going to remember the why. Those are the three things that James gave us last week in summary. This week, though, we have a new person sharing with us. Some people, I'm one of them, might say a better person sharing with us. Dear God. In, Ka <laughs> in Caitlin Caffrey. And so, Caitlin, what I, I hope that you guys know how much I love James, and this is all complete sarcasm. And when I'm more sarcastic with a person, it means I love them more. Okay, I'm, gonna, I'm it's moving true. on. Caitlin... I am really excited to hear some of your strategy. So Caitlin would love for you to share with us how we can be a great small group leader. Come on. I'm excited. This is something that I absolutely love to do because I can sit here and write content all day long. But when I get to see it actually come to life in the lives of my students through the conversations that we get to have every single week, that is really where the gold is for me. So I'm going to be speaking out of that combination of both things as someone who gets to be on this side of it and write the content. And then as someone who gets to like live it and have those conversations in real life. So I hope this is helpful for you guys. These are some of the things that I think about often. And thing number one, we're going to go through three things just like James, because, you know, we're content writers. So we like the three things. The list Absolutely. Three Except things. your three are going to be better. I think we agreed. Oh my God. I didn't so, agree, James. I promise oh, I didn't agree. Me. Okay. Okay. So thing number one is going to be know the content. Um, and I promise I'm not just saying that because I am a content creator. <laughs> when it comes to leading our students to become fully devoted followers of Christ, I think Jesus says it better than anyone. <laughs> Shocker. But in as he is leaving, the Great Commission says, Jesus came and spoke to them all, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you to do. And I'm with you always, even to the very end of the age. Here's the thing. We are called to teach people to obey everything that Jesus commanded us to do. A problem comes up when we realize we can't teach people the way of Jesus if we don't know it. We can't teach people the words of Jesus if we don't know them. It's good. And I'm not saying that switch content is the end all be all for knowing the way and words of Jesus, but I am telling you it is designed with you as a small group leader in mind so my encouragement would be to start taking advantage of the things like Bible plans, YouTube videos, and especially the series guide that comes out with every Switch series that we do. And I realize that as a small group leader with this particular point, I have a massive advantage because I get to live and breathe this stuff all the time. But it makes a difference in my small group when I actually have this stuff internalized. Because when we step past the surface level, like I vaguely know about what's being talked about and we do the work, whatever that looks like for you to internalize the truth of God's word in our own lives, 
man, that's what comes out of us in those conversations with our students. The Bible talks about out of the overflow of the heart, that's what comes out of our mouths. So for me, like when it's in me and I hear one of my students processing something hard, like making a decision about where they want to go to college or how to best respond when they find out that one of their friends is pregnant or when they have a family relationship that is just completely broken and fractured. Because I have taken the time to internalize the truth of God's word for myself, what comes out of me is questions about what it looks like to give our full attention to what God is doing right now or what it means that the world will know who he is, who Jesus is by the way that we love. And I'm able to ask questions about like what is ours to own in particular situations? Who can we ask forgiveness from or who can we offer forgiveness to? And then it's like all of a sudden, Josh, Jesus's words work their way into our real life conversations. And that is the win for me. Absolutely. So you're talking about out of the overflow of the heart. And so us understanding scripture, that's really important for just everyday life. And we know that. But to get more specific, us understanding the switch content. So like the message that's going to be preached that week, it allows you to handle all those other things that are going to happen, like the things students are going to bring up. It allows you to be more prepared to answer those questions or deal with those situations out of the overflow because you're already prepared with the other stuff. Yep. Uh, I think that I think the temptation, Josh, is to feel like like if I have to do all of this pre-work, then that's just putting more like constraints on me. But what I have found is that the work that I do to prepare, even if it's just thinking of stories about how I dealt with topic X, Y, Z when I was in high school, like, man, the freedom and flexibility that allows me in my small group conversation, because I already know where we're going. Like, it's already all in there. And so the Mm -hmm. things that my students bring up the ability that I have to connect the dots for them to the spiritual truth of that message goes through the roof because I'm I'm ready. It's right. in there. I've done a little bit of that extra work to think of the stories, to like figure out how I wrestled with this when I was in high school. And it's just like increased the quality of our conversations to the nth degree. Yeah. As a youth pastor, it makes me think about how well am I doing to prepare my leaders for what's coming? So, you know, like there's definitely ways that you all can see this content. We have digital message notes. And so you can see this stuff in, in the Uversion Bible app. You can see the notes for, you know, what's coming, the the student guide and stuff like that. But it also makes me look and go, am I getting it to you in any other form or version or Am I just making sure I hit the points and some of my other communication so you know what's coming? So I know there's a lot of youth pastors listening too. This may be something like me that you're going, hey, I think I can do better in this area because it's definitely one that as you're talking, I'm like, man, I can definitely do better in making sure that people understand what's coming. A lot of them I know already just use the digital message notes, but sure, maybe there's another way that I can help communicate things. Sure. So thing one, we talked about knowing the content, having internalized it. Thing number two is the, is about the external. It's about becoming someone who is an active listener. And this is by no means a novel concept, I'm aware, but I think it's a really powerful one. Because with students, what I have 
learned experientially is that I can learn just as much from what they don't say as I can from what they do say. But I have to be willing to actually be a student of my students. This is this verse from preaching. James. Here we go. I'm ready. <laughs> this verse is from James 1, 19. It says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. So when I'm thinking about this in the context of my students, I'm asking myself questions like, what do they always talk about? How do they talk about that thing? And then on the other side, what do they never mention? And mm. why don't they talk about that? And I'm not saying that we should assume that our students are hiding stuff from us. That's not it. But what I am saying is you might be the only person in their life who is willing to ask a question that they are desperately hoping someone will ask. I can so think good. about examples in my own life, Josh, where someone was willing to ask a question that like I really wanted them to ask, but at the same time, I was so scared that they would ask me. <laughs> yeah. And I actually got to watch this exact thing play out with one of my students last semester. We did a message and it was about confession and Ellie Berry just like led the way beautifully in setting the stage by being like super open and vulnerable about stuff that like she has struggled with in the past. And so we get to small groups and I had one kid that night and so i'm already like oh this is gonna be this is gonna be a great conversation jesus is setting this up and i had never heard this student talk about anything surrounding any sort of struggle with lust purity anything in relationships like anything in that direction so i just decided to ask the question even though it was awkward and uncomfortable it was literally like a one-on-one -on -one but it just led to an incredibly powerful and healing conversation that like I still like to this day think about maybe on a weekly basis because that was one of those conversations for me, Josh, that just evidenced the fact that like God is still working and orchestrating and setting things up to go after the one. Like that he is, is so obsessed good. with going after the one. And this was a conversation where I got to see that play out in real life by just partnering with Jesus, reading between the lines a little bit and asking an uncomfortable question. Right. It can be really easy for us. For instance, just following Easter two weeks ago where we, gosh, you know, our church saw, what was the number? 130,000, 140,000 people in our that Crazy attended. man. It, yeah. was a, it was the second most that have ever attended our church ever. And, you know, post COVID, that's a pretty big deal. And so you can see those big numbers and you're like, wow, it is incredible the work that God is doing because he really is. There is no doubt about it. There's a stirring happening. Come on. And we've, I, I feel it on the campus level at my own campus, but I've talked to enough other youth pastors and other campus staff to know that other people are feeling it too, that there is a stirring happening and it's it really exciting. But sometimes when we think of those big numbers, and then even following that was baptism weekend and we saw all these people get baptized. We can forget that, yeah, there's these big numbers and we are celebrating a lot of stories. 
but you better believe that God knows each one of their names. Come on. That, that he knows everything about their story, that there is nothing that they have done, good or bad in their life, that he didn't know. And when we think about, like you say, become an active listener, I'm like, so first of all, as a follower of Jesus, I know I don't do that well. Like mm. it, it, to him, listening to God, like mm. how well do I become an active listener to him? But I also know that God does this well. <laughs> like talk, Come on. talk about listening, man. That's He's always listening to everything that we have to share, all of our worries, all of our pains, yeah. all of the good and all of the bad. What a great model for us to follow in understanding, hey, be very, very slow to speak. Make yeah. sure that the words that you say, make sure you know that they carry significant weight. And so make sure they're building students up. But also, yeah. don't say words just to say them. Yeah. And so listen, 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 listen. And yeah. I think that I think that it would be fair to say that's probably one that the majority of us have a problem doing because we're always wanting to lead or we're always wanting to help, you know, direct them in another direction. And sometimes the best way to direct them in another direction is to just allow them to process what they're dealing with. So good. That I I feel like I need to say right here that like one, I'm by no means a master of this, but when you talk about like posturing ourselves to like first and foremost do this with God, like be an active listener when it comes to what he's saying and the Holy Spirit, what he's doing, I ask myself, I try to do this as frequently as humanly possible. Anytime I step into a new environment, anytime I'm stepping into switch on a Wednesday night, I'm asking God two questions. God, what do you want me to know? And what do you want me to do? Yeah. Like super simple, super basic, right? But if I really believe what I say I believe about God, that he is like active and working in the world, that even when I can't see it and don't feel it, he is doing something that his Holy Spirit has been unleashed on the earth and he's already here because there are two or three of us gathered. <laughs> right. Like he's he's doing stuff, man. Whether yep. I'm showing up to the game or not, God is doing stuff. And Absolutely. so I pray for the wisdom and the insight and that literally takes the form of the super simple question, God, what do you want me to know? And sometimes I will get an answer about a specific student like, hey, this this particular student has something weighing on them. You need to go ask a question. Or sometimes really I'll just good. get a general sense of the room or, you know, I'll get to have a, a, you know, specific ask for a prayer request in the in small group conversation, whatever. But there's something that right. God is doing that he is inviting me to be part of. But sometimes I fail to ask the question, God, what do you want me to know? I'm going to say this really quick because we're just, we obviously were talking about being an active listener as a small group leader, but now we're transitioning a little bit into the understanding of you better be an active listener of the Holy Spirit. Like you, you yeah. really, if you want to do the work of Christ, you better be close to Christ. Like you better really be listening. This weekend during the 830 service, my pastor, my, my Ronnie Brumley at our, at, at the Northwest Oklahoma City campus, We've, we've got a lot of hurting people in the church, and that's always the case, but right now it just feels like there's more. It just feels heavy. And when we've got this couple that the wife is going through. She's battling cancer, and they attend the 830, and they're right in front of him. And at the end of the service, 
he just felt like God compelled him to do something different. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sitting in service. I don't know anything's happening. He walks down off the stage and I was like, what is he doing? And he said, hey, I don't know why, but God just, I just feel like God made it really clear. I'm supposed to ask this. He said, if you are, if you're in need of a miracle right now, will you stand up? Wow. And I'm not messing with you. I bet 30 feet, 30 people stood to their feet. Wow. I couldn't even, it, it was one of those, I walked away going, I am so glad that I went to the 830 service. He didn't do it at any of the other services because he didn't feel like God was telling him to. He didn't feel compelled then. It was just mm -hmm. at the 830. He felt like God said, this is something you need to do. And so good. right then and there, people stood up, went over to those who were standing, put hands on them and prayed over them. And that happened because he was listening to the Holy Spirit. He was listening to God. And I think that there are opportunities like that, that God is like trying to whisper to us, like, hey, you need to ask this student this question. Hey, you yep. need to pull this kid aside tonight. Hey, you actually need to call this kid today and check on yep. them. But we have to be actively listening and knowing that he's that involved, that he wants so much to influence the way that we reach those for him. So. We've covered two points. Both of them so far have been better than James. Okay, so I have to keep saying it. All right. <laughs> Number one was know the content. Number two is become an active listener and take us to number three. Number three, Josh, we are going to master the art of responding with a question. This so is good. straight up plagiarism from Jesus. Like I am ripping this. <laughs> right out of the Bible, because Jesus did this better than anyone I have ever, ever seen. So in one particular instance that comes to mind is in Luke 10. This is where he tells the parable of the Good Samaritan, but the setup is this. It says, on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. How many of us know sometimes our students are just mm. asking that one question or saying that one thing just to just to test us, mm -hmm. just to push our buttons a little bit. Yep. And this guy says, teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus responds, very next verse. He says, well, what's written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? And mm. then he lets the guy, he lets the guy respond and process through his answer. And then Jesus still doesn't answer the question. He tells a story. <laughs> And at the end of the story, he asks another question. And this is a masterclass, Josh. Like this is what I study when I'm getting ready for like a small group conversation that might be a little tricky. Because this guy asks a hard, like a hard question. He's like, what do right. I have to do to inherit eternal life? What's going to happen to me when I die? And Jesus, instead of giving an answer, even though he was probably the most qualified person in the world to give the answer, he doesn't do it. He asks questions. And so, so if good. Jesus, who 2000% knew the answer, still chose to respond with a question, I think there's something that we can probably learn there. <laughs> and there, so- Yeah, there might be. Just, just potentially. So yeah, Jesus, Jesus responds with the question, says, what is written in the law? How do you read it? And I literally, with our Easter stuff this year, Josh, in my small group, 
I got to watch the beauty of this play out in real life. When our group kind of wanted to camp out on the question, why did Jesus have to die? And instead of, you know, coming out them with a lot of great theological theories that I happen to be well-versed in, I just asked the question, well, what have you what have you processed about this in the past? Like I happen to know that this is none of y'all's first time celebrating Easter. <laughs> right. This you guys are in church. So what like what do you think? Essentially Jesus's question, how do you read it? What do you think? Right. And I just got to watch the Holy Spirit and my students just work through this question in such a way where we started at why did Jesus have to die? And we ended at, I can't believe he would choose to die for me. Man. And I did nothing, man. Like I just asked a question and I got to watch Jesus do what he is so faithful to do, which is when we are willing to lean in and bring our questions to God, to process them with people we trust and to just show up in a space where maybe we feel a little uncomfortable because we don't know the answer, man, the Holy Spirit shows up every single time and he draws us to Jesus. So that's something that I got to watch play out in real life that has just given me more confidence than ever (laughs) that that this is is a key. This is a golden ticket. So get really good (laughs) at responding to questions with questions. And then, and if for some reason that in and of itself doesn't take the conversation somewhere, man, just tell a story. Yeah. Just tell a story. I don't need you to have like all of the theological answers lined up. I just need you to be willing to share from your personal experience, maybe how you've processed the question before. What's an example that you have from your life? And then just ask another question. So when I shared that story, did anything come to your mind? Do you have any thoughts or examples at this point? And it's like, I don't know, just following that formula from Jesus has reaped dividends in my small group. He tends to have pretty good formulas. So we've got number one, know the content. Number two, become an active listener. And number three, master the art of responding with a question. Caitlin said, this is the best line. She said, this is straight Jesus plagiarism. I think I'm pretty sure that that was what she said. (laughs) Hey, so I want to make sure everybody knows this real quick. If you didn't already know, in the Bible app, you hit more at the bottom right, says more, and then hit events, and then find switch IRL at your campus. Click on it, and it will give you the message notes for that week. And that is what you need to prepare. And the message notes is like the scripture that is going to be shared, things that would allow you to be reading over and thinking over and preparing for those conversations. If you have any questions about preparation, things like that, it's great to reach out to your youth pastor and and have those conversations, allow them to help resource you. I want to just real quickly remind you, we know that youth ministry can be challenging, but gosh, I hope that you know it can be rewarding. And so if you find yourself in a situation with a small group that's really been discouraging as of late, just know that there's some encouragement headed your way. Don't allow the enemy to lie to you or convince you that there isn't anything good coming from what you're doing, because I promise you, because I firsthand experienced it, 
that if you are investing in the lives of teenagers, you are doing good work. And we just want to make sure that we're doing the best work we can do as we partner with Jesus to reach those who don't know him. I really appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. I hope that you're sharing it with other switch leaders. So I hope that you're in your group me's sharing it, saying, hey, we need to make sure that we're prepared, that we're listening to this. And we are so grateful that you take the time every week to prepare yourself to become a better leader. We love you all. And we thank you so much for joining us on the Switch Leader Podcast, where we decide today the leader we will be tomorrow. Oh, 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 oh